Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this program is an opportunity for us to bring the information that we gathered for years facilitating pet loss groups to a bigger audience and to, and to expand the, uh, the circle of people who are sharing in this kind of knowledge. So it's great to be with you. And we also encourage you during this, during this program, afterwards, before next week, to send us your questions and your, your stories, because we're going to focus as much as we can on the questions that we receive from participants in the program. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be answering questions that we've received. And so, Nancy, want to get started? Yeah, I mean, and there's uh, there quite a few. And uh, we hope that these can answer some of your questions. Um, so the first is, um, this was a statement and question. I cried my eyes out for about two days and then kind of snapped back to normal. My wife has been crying daily for more than two weeks. Does that mean I loved my dog less than she? Yeah, well, so that's actually not uncommon. And I may have mentioned that that's kind of my style, what this person's describing. It's kind of my style of grieving. I'm like really overwrought for a little bit of time. And then I seem to recompose for the most part. I mean, I'll still have that really intense feeling and that depth of grief some days and sometimes. But this is also, right, this is so much what happens in couples because you have two people and they're two individuals and they're going to have different styles when That's it comes true. to pretty much everything. That's at true. Least in, at least to some degree and certainly grief. And that, and what happens with that is now the the question is, does that mean I love my dog less than she? Um, and that's not true, right? Yeah, that's not it's true. how you grieve, but that doesn't mean that you didn't love that animal in your way, as she loved that that animal in her way. Yeah, and even even as deeply, in the way, it, the way you grieve doesn't mean if you grieve. If your grief takes less time, it doesn't mean you didn't care. Exactly. Doesn't mean that people, if, when they have, or they are in a couple, or they have friends, or that, you know, were very attached to their dog or family members, and each one is in a different, in a different time space. So, you know, and one may not even, looks like he or she grieves at all, right? Right. They kind of hide in the room. We talked a little bit about this in one of the other episodes. They kind of go and come and do, and they may be feeling it, but they're not. They're not expressing it. Yeah, they don't display it in the same. And right, and so those displaying it then feel embarrassed, maybe, or yeah. why am I feeling so upset and she isn't feeling that upset? I mean, there's all of these dynamics in families and. In some, in some cases, very good friends. You know, it doesn't matter who your family is, right? Um, but the other thing too is, I think culture. I oh, think culture uh, has and gender, right? <clears throat> gender as well. Right. So, yeah. I mean, me being Anglo as Anglo can be, uh, you know, we weren't taught. 
to cry. We weren't taught to be sad. We weren't taught to be angry. We were taught not to have any feelings. So mm -hmm. I remember my mother saying, what are you crying about? You have nothing to cry about. Or mm -hmm. why are you angry? You shouldn't be angry. Right. And so when, when you're taught those kind of things, when you're young and you don't have those parents or grandparents with the demonstrating anything that's kind of what you learn and it's hard to kind of do that as you get older too yeah. i mean I, I of course will cry and be sad and and, and you know devastated over the death of my animals but i don't show it as much as maybe others do yeah and, I, and for me i mean i'm i was raised in the well my dad was italian my mom was swedish and english and while Italians are, are more expressive, perhaps, it, it was also, I think, the case that they, that the male thing overrode that. That's <laughs> right. My mom, who was in the very, as you're talking about, the kind of Northern, Northern European and English mode. And then you've got my father. And there's gender just overlays so much of the ways that we come to understand how to be ourselves and how to express ourselves. And so that's a, we would, we would typically see in the group meetings, mostly women, exactly. not exclusively women, but mostly women. And a lot of times they would talk about how their husband didn't really express grief anywhere, anywhere near the sort of the degree of expressiveness that, that, that they did, that the women did. And, and so part of, part of the way that we're brought up, unfortunately, I think it's a very unfortunate yeah. thing that men are, we're taught to be so restrictive when it comes to our feelings. It's, a, it's, it's interesting too, because when couples would come in, because we'd have some couples, a lot, a lot of times it was, it was women, you know, um, and couples would come in and when they would introduce themselves, the, the husband would say, I'm here with her. Yeah. I'm, I'm just here yeah. with her. I'm here to support. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he loved the cat or the dog also, but he yeah. didn't want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Now, there were other men, though, that did yep. come in. I think that there was only once in 30 years that I had three men in the group without any women. Huh. And I thought that that was, it was so enlightening for them and for me to have them talk about what it means to be a man and go through grief yeah, yeah. and how they're supposed to be so strong and they're mm -hmm. supposed to be not you know um not emotional and and you know and so they they feel so isolated yeah the whole know? the whole male code this yeah. <clears throat> you know this is something that i've written about as well and and worked on apart from from the the law pet loss focus and boy the, the the what we're taught as men just really does a number on us in terms of just being emotionally aware able to articulate our feelings yeah. able to convey them to other people and it's i i think it's great i think it's great that it's changing it seems to be yeah. Yeah. in many ways for the next generation. I know my son is, is much more able to access his feelings and show his feelings. And I, and I know many young men are as well, but we've still got a long ways to go. 
So it's the gender issues. It's the cultural issues, because obviously right. there are some That's cultures that are very demonstrative and very yeah. emotional. Yeah. Um, and they're able to get in touch with those feelings, which is really good for them, you know, to yeah. be able to do. Um, but there, and there's, but there's also though family, mm -hmm. familial, you know, norms. And so if you weren't taught to grieve by your parents, because that was something they wanted to protect you from, yeah. then, you know, it's harder for you to maybe do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but I think that the, the, the important point with this question is, no, there's nothing wrong here. There's just something different. And if you can be respectful to each other and allow for whatever way suits you, then that's the best way forward to be accepting of whatever the different style is and whatever your style is and not try to lay on judgment of any sort, but just be, be okay with it. And as a, as a couple, I mean, that it's going to be potentially like this one will and in yeah. some cases women call and say my husband's devastated yep you know yep. he he's so upset and you know and 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 she takes on more of that caretaking for him yep. you know or you have couples that they don't want to grieve in front of each other because they're afraid the other one's going to get sadder yeah yeah so but yeah and it's it all i mean why not be authentic with each other yeah. And and not feel like you have to take responsibility for the other person's feelings, solve the other person's feelings, and just as we've talked about, just be with them, bear witness, be a supportive, compassionate presence for one another, and that can be that's that can be as an incredible gift to yeah. to your partner, to your friend anybody who you are providing support to or or commiserating with really if the loss is yours as well and i think one other point before you know i also want to to end with this question is that <clears throat> um with time goes by and remember we would get people women would generally come to the group and they would say well my husband doesn't think I should come here anymore. They can't, he can't understand why I'm still coming here. Yeah. And so, and that says a lot about how one grieves right. and, yeah. and one can maybe move on quicker than the other one. Um, it also says a lot about male control. Yes. <laughs> can do that too. Um, but, you know, but the, the question is, you know, does that mean I loved my dog less? That's not, it's not there true. You how you grieve, that has nothing to do with how you feel yeah. about that relationship that you've lost. Yep, yep. So let's go on to the, to the next one. Okay. Which is, I can't get the image of my dead cat out of my head. I keep seeing her as we found her on the road, stretched out with her eyes and mouth open like she was in agony. Is this normal and how do I stop it? Horrible. Well, unfortunately, it's really normal. It's really normal. I mean, any kind of any kind of supercharged emotional image is kind of emblazoned in our in our consciousness. I mean, it, something like that is bound to is bound to stay with us in a really strong way. 
for a period of time. For a period of time, yeah. And, and it will yeah. never go, but it but eventually it will dull. Yeah, it, it will ne it won't be the kind of thing that intrudes. Exactly. That demands your attention. It might be the kind of thing that you revisit with some periodicity, some regularity, but as you said, it's probably not going to elicit the degree of sort of shattering pain that it does in the beginning. But even in this case, which was, you know, obviously a cat that was hit by a car, you know, and then death, and it could be a euthanasia, or it could yeah. be just yeah. an animal that is a dog or a cat that goes into a seizure and dies in front of in front of you. Yeah. You know, those kind of things, unfortunately, will stick with you in the beginning for mm -hmm. a period of time because here's your loved one that you are so attached to who has died sometimes that death is not an easy one and with euthanasia then you see them and they're dead and that's mm -hmm. kind of hard too it's, those are the last pictures and right. they are in our heads eventually you know they do it's it's again goes back to being gentle with yourself take care of yourself it, it it's awful to go through especially in agony when 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 like a car an animal being hit yeah, by something that is traumatic um yeah. but it's it's trying to take care of yourself the best way you can um and one of, one of the things that that it may be just useful to observe is that there is a shocking difference between looking at your pet when they're alive and then looking them at them when they're deceased. Mm -hmm. There's a very different quality mm -hmm. to seeing an, any being when they're alive and then when they're no longer alive. And it's just, it, that in and of itself is, is really shocking. And, and it's just something to be aware of that it's almost like we, we, when we are no longer alive, we immediately look like something completely different. Exactly. Well, it's, it's completely different. Somebody told me, and of course I've witnessed this, you've witnessed this, she had a horse and the, the horse was being euthanized and she was looking at trying to, you know, hold and look at the horse. And she said, I saw the lights go out. Yeah. In her yeah. Eyes. yeah. Yeah. And that is enough just to, you know, because we're so used to animation and, you know, reflection yeah. and all of that. And the lights are on. The lights yeah. are on. They, look, yeah. they, look, they are who they are. And then when they're dead, they look almost immediately like they're completely other. And mm -hmm. that in and of itself is just so, it's just very, very hard. I think yeah. it's very, very hard. It's very painful. But it will, but those kind of trauma, um, you know, experiences or just in death experiences will eventually dull as they go along. Yeah. It's not easy to go through and people get have agony over it because they don't want to be witnessing and seeing that in their head all the time. Yep. Yep. So uh, the next question. I think about dying in order to join my dog. I think about it a lot. What does that mean? And that's not uncommon either. Yeah. 
However, and we've had these discussions in these episodes that um, that's why I think it's important for clinicians to run the groups because it's something that is not uncommon. I think because of the attachment and the relationship and they can't tolerate not being, not having their animal there anymore or not, you know. So in, in essence, they would want to join them. Now that doesn't necessarily mean they want to kill themselves, but it does mean that they are so distraught that they can't, they can't live, they don't think without that. Right, right, right. Um, and so it's not uncommon. I think no, we've, we've heard it hundreds of times, um, especially with, with people, that relationship is the one. A lot of times yeah. single people, and this was their only support mechanism, you know, or, um, and, uh, and that was their love and their child. They, they, it's almost like it's, it's guttural, it's wailing, it's, they just want to be with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and sometimes, sometimes people will you can be single in a family. You can be single yes, that's true. in a marriage, and and sometimes that's it's it's almost like that relationship was the most sustaining one, even though they live in a household. Yeah. And so, I mean, we need we need supports. We need lots of supports in our life. And if we lose that primary relationship, it can very well be the case that you think about wanting to be. Wanting to be mm -hmm. that's Why not typical, but if uh, obviously if, if that continues and there's more said about that, that is more intense, then of course it needs to be addressed. But you know. yeah, and and just to reiterate, I mean, there's always the National Suicide Prevention Line, which is 800-273-8255. It's it's staffed every. 24 all the time, 24 hours, 365 days a year. It's staffed in English and Spanish. And so you can call there and you can talk to a supportive other. And it's just something to for people to, to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So let me do, our surviving dog seems to be grieving too. She mopes, she stares at our deceased dog's bed, and she's not really eating well. How can we help her? Well, you're going through the same thing you are, right? Yeah, yeah lots of love and support. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting when, I, when our first pugs, we had Tashi, and Tashi died somewhat suddenly. She had, she had, uh, come, had gotten pancreatitis. And so after she died, Noelle would go out in the yard and just sit there <laughs> because she had followed Tashi around all the time. And so she just didn't know what to do. And we yeah. hear those stories, especially if, if they if the animals have been close and they had, you know, been together for a while and they were playmates and companions to each other. Um, yeah, they, they they can grieve too. Yeah. And all you, all you can do is love them. Yeah, that's that's so I'm gonna go to a, another one. We put our dog down last week and at the last minute, I couldn't stay in the room. My husband stayed there with him as he was euthanized, but I just couldn't do it. Now I feel terrible, like I let him down. At the moment, he needed me more than any other time. 
I don't know how to get past this terrible feeling of guilt. Well, as we all know, there's always guilt. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, pretty much. There's always, there's always guilt. And what about this though? I mean, this this sense of I I couldn't be there. I couldn't be present. And and now she's beating herself up. I mean, obviously after the fact that she is bereft and right. and guilty that she was not able to be with her beloved um, animal while he or she was being euthanized. I don't remember if it's, it didn't say. Um, so the guilt is the hardest emotion that anyone will deal with in grief. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good in this kind of situation. What I'm thinking is, well, what about all those other, like all those other times you were there and True. how much you were present and how much, I mean, where is the balance lie is the way I, I think about it. Cause, and, the, and the way I'm, I'm kind of talking about that in a light, light way, because I, I feel like it's just so common for people who are so conscientious Right. They just like just wrench themselves terribly at the at the the one thing that that maybe they 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 wish they could have done differently when all the whole all the animal's life was a story about kindness and generosity and guilt and support and and love and yet this one time probably when your your friend was on some level, understanding as well. I mean, they've been connected to an animal companion all this time. They're not gonna judge you harshly, I don't mm -hmm. think, if you step out of the room when they're being examined by the vet and the other guardian is there with them. I can't imagine that that's something that they're gonna feel badly about. Mm -hmm. and, and yet, we'll find a way <laughs> to punish ourselves, you know? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think that people need to hear is the animal themselves is not judging. Yeah, yeah, they're not judging. They're, they're not judging. They're pure. They're innocent. They just love unconditionally. They're not angry. They won't be angry at you. They're not upset. They're, you know, they are not involved in the fact that where is she? Yeah. Necessarily, you know um and and the dad was in there um but they don't hold grudges their yep. animals aren't like that and yeah. and the other another way of looking at this is it probably wouldn't have been the best thing if you were in the room and yet totally upset either or or just you know really distraught either because they would then be mirroring that or they'd be worried about that and that's that's a that's a definite possibility I and mean, the animals pick up your feelings yeah. you know and, so and that's and that's a possibility that if there if someone was so distraught that yeah. the animal would wouldn't look at no animal knows that they're necessarily going to die on that right. animal, but right. they will respond you know to to an emotional, you know, experience in their in their in their pet parent, you yeah. know, um, so that could be the case. Um, 
so and some vets i mean it's more more vets than than not will allow you you know in fact in covid that's been a real problem um i know one of the specialty er vets that i know um they have put a and the, and the downstairs they have an upstairs um uh, hospital and the downstairs of the building they have set up a euthanasia room so that you can come in and be with your animal while they're euthanized because you it's really hard to do that now unless you can do it yeah. yeah um but um you know so that's that's something that's that's that can happen but some people can't do it. I mean, I was in with families and some said, I, I, I just can't do this. Um, and they will give the animal back to um, the vet tech and then the vet tech will go in the back. And, you know, but most times, you know, people, people will stay. Although some vets still will not let people in. Yeah, that's people another, I've, I've seen that as well, where the vet, won't allow people to be there. And sometimes they have protocols like there can't be anybody else in the room because we start the procedure with giving a gas to relax the animal. And the and this has happened in, in my area. And we can't have another anybody but our staff in the room when we do that. Right. And and so, you know, whatever their protocol might be, so they ask you to say goodbye beforehand. And and also sometimes, I mean, there are, you know, vets need to talk to, and I think the majority of them do, with what may happen as these, as one, if it's an injection and then another injection or just mm -hmm. one injection, of how the animal may respond. Right. Because... There have been times that people have been in and all of a sudden the animal screams or the animal gets up or or whatever, which totally traumatizes, yeah. you know, yeah. the, uh, um, the, the pet parents. However, um, that's unusual because I think of how they do that now. I wasn't yeah. aware of the gas one. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird setup because you can't then say goodbye, say goodbye in yeah. the moment you right. have to say goodbye and then and then you can you can actually watch in this particular vet's office from from the other room but you can't be there in the same in the same room but it's, it's helping that person like you said look at her life with with her animal yeah not just the ending that she was present and loving and did the best to, to take care of her animal and spend all of that wonderful, all those wonderful years, however the, that time was. And at the end, you know, she felt it was too difficult and that's okay that she felt it was too difficult. Yeah. And, but afterwards, of course, she felt so guilty. Which as, we've, as we know, is just so very common. Mm -hmm. So should we do one more? Let's see. Oh, I mean, here's here's something that maybe we can respond to rather quickly. Everyone tells me I need to get over my dog's death. They say it's been months, so they don't understand why I can't move on. They, they're sending me information on puppies. Yes. It makes me really anxious. Of course it does, because that person's not ready. 
Yeah. (laughs) I think people sometimes feel so badly for their friend or family member that they go out immediately and get another cat or a dog and give it to them. Yeah. And one woman. That would not be a good idea. You would never want to get a pet for somebody without without them being aware of it. Because she was so angry because, first of all, the animal that died was an adult. You get a puppy or a kitten. Wow, a lot of it's work. Whole different experience, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, people mean well, but no, you know, yeah. and and they need to allow that person to grieve if they're not ready. They're not ready. And it sounds like this is a person who wrote this would be somebody who it would be hard to to instruct these other people to stop that. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we could just give like a, some words and they would be things like, I know you, I know you mean well in sending me these, but I'm not ready mm-hmm. and I will, I will let you know mm-hmm. when and if when I'm I ready. am ready, when I'm ready. I know you're just to preface it with, I know you're trying to be helpful and then, you know, give them that message because mm-hmm. it's hard for people to find the words and yeah. That that but that's a that's a very upsetting one I think and one that's just it's it's really important for people to be able to set limits on that kind of behavior because again people mean well but it's not the right thing to do at that moment no it would never be and, the and right thing to do just to say why aren't you over this yet I mean it's it's such a personal experience and yeah. everyone moves differently and the length of time is th- their own. You know, yep. so, yeah, it's hard. There need to be limits. So. so I think we had, we answered a number of questions and we'll look forward to, to having more. And again, we encourage people who are, who are listening, people who are watching the download, the, the replay to please uh, send us any questions that you have. You have our emails on your, on the description and we're happy to, we're happy to respond. Mm-hmm. So again, Nancy, it's been great with you being with you as always. And I'll look forward to talking with you next week. Do you have any closing words? No, just be careful, be gentle and kind to yourself and others. Yeah. In okay. this process. Great.